The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who needs no additional content, Josh Borboni. How are you this evening? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I can't imagine not needing additional content. I would be so terribly bored. No, I'm saying that you, <laughs> no, <I> as <laughs> you, are enough. You don't need anything extra. Just you you are enough. Well, that's nice. Thank you. But so. me, personally, I need all the content. <laughs> Ooh, you know, we're, 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 silence my phone. <laughs> I'll say we are recording on the night of the big game, Josh. How do you feel about not watching, you know, the Rams and the, the Bengals toss the pigskin around? I'm watching it. <laughs> While we're recording? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious, Josh. I'm not really paying attention. (laughs) To the podcast or to the game? Mm, That's a good question. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I I guess we will find out as the the evening goes on. I don't know that there could have been any two teams, any other two teams picked that I would have cared even less about. Really? I can think of a lot of teams I would not want to see in the Super Bowl. Like, do you actively care about the Bengals or the Rams? Oh, no, 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 no. But That's I what I'm mean, saying. Like, I don't yeah, care about either of those teams. They're, like, all. neutral to me, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, because you're right. There are teams I could have, like, desired to, like, not wanted there, like, hated to see there. If it was, like, but, like a Raiders-Bills Super Bowl, that would be horrible. <laughs> well, you know, boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Let's go Bills. <laughs> As a Vikings fan, I really can't talk, though. So, you know. Well. Yeah. But yeah, well, hopefully whoever wins, their fans are happy and whoever loses, their fans are, you know, okay with, with they they feel still the promise of next year looms large for them, hopefully, and they right. feel good about their chances. And I'll make sure to chime in if I see a board game or a video game commercial. <laughs> if there's any announcements during the Super Bowl, I'll make sure to interrupt the show and say, they just showed a commercial for villainous. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even mainstream for, enough yet. Even for video games, that would have to be. I would love to see. Well, it wouldn't be crazy to see an Uncharted spot today. Well, an Uncharted movie. I spot. guess that's a movie. Yeah, so it wouldn't yeah. be a game. Yeah. Like right now, the only game I could reasonably see having a commercial during the Super Bowl would be Horizon because yeah. it's just about out. But even if you had like Starfield coming out in November, it would seem to me weird to have a Super Bowl commercial now. That's true. That's true. So, but anyway, so Josh, I was going to, I have, you know, one thing listed for pregame, but I'm going to audible for a sec. We'll see. Maybe we'll come back to what's actually listed in the document here. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Olympics, Josh. Have you been watching a lot of Olympics? Actually, it's probably the, I haven't watched almost any, and it's very uncommon for me to do that. Um, 
I, I really still am sticking firm to, for some reason, pandemic has really made me not interested in sports for some reason. But you're watching the Super Bowl while we podcast. I'm not really watching it. It's just on <laughs> my phone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I love the Winter Olympics, too, so I, I don't really have a good reason for not watching it. I have access to it. I have Peacock and uh, what's it on? Uh, CBS NBC? All Access. NBC, uh, yeah, Peacock. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So I have the access to do it. I just haven't been watching it. Yeah, I've actually been watching quite a bit because for the Summer Olympics, how it was set up on Peacock was not good. Like, it was really hard to watch through Peacock. Like, they didn't have stuff, like, at the live times. It was watch these highlight things and stuff like that, but they didn't actually have a lot of events. But for the winter, it's been great. Like, most of the, like, actual events are on Peacock, and you can just go in at the typical times that they're showing events, and it's all just there for you to stream, which is nice. And then as a result... I've been watching way more Winter Olympics than I did Summer Olympics that we just had. Uh, but Josh, what is your favorite Olympic sport? Oh, Chad, can I use gymnastics as a general answer? Sure. I love gymnastics. It's my favorite to watch. Uh, and it used to be, I mean, it used to be basketball too, but I mean, since the Dream Team, I don't know that I've really followed Olympic basketball. Do you prefer Summer Olympics to Winter Olympics? Not necessarily. I do, I do like a lot of Winter Olympic sports, too. Um, I just appreciate how, well, how diverse the, op- the, the, uh, the games are between both Olympic events. Yeah. I'm a, I feel like people in general tend to prefer the Summer Olympics overall. Yeah, and I am somebody who prefers the Winter Olympics, mostly because I've part- actively participated in multiple Winter Olympic sports. Oh, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big loser, a big skeleton person. No, not those, but <laughs> a lot of skiing, snowboarding, and you know, cross country skiing, like all that stuff are, are things I've done. So I really appreciate that, and I am constantly amazed. And another podcast I've listened to mes- mes- mentioned this, and I find myself doing it, and it really bothers me. Um, I'm constantly amazed how every four years when the Winter Olympics come around, suddenly I am an expert in a whole bunch of sports I only moderately <laughs> ever participated in. Yeah. And I really get annoyed with myself when I'm like, you know, like, you don't know. Like, I, when I was a kid, I watched a ton of figure skating growing up with my mom. So I know some terms and throw terms around of like, hey, this is what I feel like happened in that situation. But I don't actually know. Like, I act right. like I know, but I don't know. And I just don't understand why why we all do that. Like, why do we suddenly become experts on these things we only watch once every four years? I, I kind of feel that way about the World Cup. It happens yeah. with the World Cup for me, which I actually really try to watch as much as I can. But the World Cup, depending on where it is, usually runs into those Olympic problems where the times are just so crazy for us that I'm right. like at 3 a.m. watching a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? So, yeah, but anyway, I, I just have really been, I'm surprised at how much I've been enjoying the Winter Olympics. The U.S. overall, not doing great. Uh, we're like seventh in medal count or something like that. Really? Yeah, we're not doing super great, uh, but that's okay. You know, there's still time. Uh, ho- hockey is still ongoing. Some of those bigger team sports are still happening, and we have a few bright spots in there, but, uh, you know, the the those Nordic countries are, are doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so in, <laughs> in the winter sports, I imagine that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my other or my main topic, though, for the pregame is 
you know, uh, Ben Hansen from MinMax had posted a list online of the video game podcast he listens to and was asking for recommendations that he should add to the list. Josh, the list is so long of yeah. the podcast he listens to. I can't even imagine consuming that number of podcasts a week, let alone a month, right? How many podcasts do you listen to, Josh? Like, how many are you listening to? Like, are you keep yeah. up with all of them? Are there some that cycle in and out? Like, what are your podcast habits currently? It's funny because I read that and I was like, Josh, make sure you check how many podcasts you listen to so you can answer this question. So I'm going to have to pull them up, but I can tell you. I have three different podcast apps. Whoa. I have Google Podcasts. I have uh, Stitcher. And I have um, Pocket Cast. Because some of them only have shows on one of their like available apps. Not necessarily like a service. <clears throat> so on Pocket Cast, I have one. See, the problem is like it lists old podcasts that right. I haven't like taken off my feed. So active ones... Uh, I have, let's see, so we got one, two, three, four, five active ones on Pocket Casts. And then on Stitcher, uh, so I'm at five, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I know this is ex- exciting for people. Um, how do I look at my shows in here? Man, I'm going to feel like such a podcast non listener compared to everyone. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. I listen to about 23, give or take five. <laughs> So do you keep up with all of those every week? I do my best to. Um, some of them don't always publish every week. Uh, some of them are not as consistent as we are where things just can happen and I get it. Like we get a two week, three week break. Gotcha. Uh, like reply all is one of those podcasts that like, I kind of just check to see if they've put anything out because mm-hmm. they don't do some, they used to do weekly, but you know, they had a whole, uh, uh, what do we call it? Me too. Woke. Uh, uh, meeting with the police and they have to fire half of their staff. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. So that, that changed and they, that kind of changed the dynamic of the show. But I, I mean, my job is mostly not interacting with people uh, to mm-hmm. a certain degree. When I worked two to ten, I I wouldn't see anybody, but now I I see people for about half my day, and then it's just literally it's just podcasts uh, from when I start to when I finish. So some days that's eight hours of podcast listening per day. Dang, dang. Well, so I guess that probably if I didn't have it, I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, that explains the difference, I guess. I because I listen when I drive to work and drive home, but that's about it. That's about the only time I really listen to podcasts. So I have about five that i listen to regularly yeah and then usually there's one other serialized seasonal something that like i i rotate in you know to kind of supplant like when i'm out of something uh that i'm just like oh well you know all my typical ones that i'm caught up to so i'm gonna start you know continue the season of 
this one. And then once I get to that season, I'll kind of cycle something else in. But man, it's a lot of podcast listening, Josh. Yeah. And I was like, before I was listening to podcasts, it was audiobooks. So the problem with audiobooks is I had to keep rewinding. Oh yeah. I'm like sure. when I, like when I read a regular book, it's the same difference. Like, Oh, I think I have to reread that whole page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wow. on, a, on a podcast, at least like, you know, in a podcast, the second you're lost, you realize you're lost. So it's a lot easier to save yourself a 15 second listen over like listening to three chapters of an audio book and realize you were too busy trying to fix something. Do you listening. always, do you always rewind if you miss something or you realize you're missing something or just sometimes you're like, you know what? Wasn't I, clearly I don't know yeah. I wasn't that interested in the topic, so I'm just going to keep going. Sometimes I don't. No, I don't always do it. It really depends on what I'm listening to. Yeah, I hear you. I I tend to only rewind if I get like interrupted and couldn't pause what I was listening to. Yeah, and then I'll go. You know, so then I'll go back and rewind. But if I zone out and miss something, I very much take the attitude of I clearly was not engaged enough in what was happening there. Yeah, so it probably isn't that. So, I hear you on that for sure. Yeah, so cool. All right. Well, hey, let's, you know, listeners, we'd love to know how many podcasts you listen to. For those of you who uh, in the Discord listed your favorite trilogies from last week, we really appreciate it. We definitely read through and, and took a look at those. Uh, so let us know how many podcasts do you listen to? I'm just curious of, you know, how many podcasts are you churning through each week? Uh, let us know because I'm always curious about those sorts of things. So with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram which is also Bored with VG. We are a proud part of Place of Video Games, the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we would encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games that you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing this week? Well, uh, I want to say I'm still playing Sifu. I haven't picked, I think I picked it up once since we talked about it last. Mm-hmm. Not because I haven't been interested. I just haven't had time because um, we got a new cat. And yeah, you did. It's been a lot of um, work. It's like getting another kid. Only I only say that because we have to get my current cat and this cat comfortable with each other, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> right. My cat is be- my old cat is being grouchy, and my new cat just wants to be with the old cat. So, gotcha. It's been a lot of separating. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. How long? Because so- it's been a. Uh- how long have you had the new cat? Less than a week. We got the cat last Wednesday, so it's, okay. it's been five days. Um, gotcha. It's been great, for the, with the exception of having to keep them separate for now. So that's right. been tough. So I could be playing a game, but instead I am putting a chair in the middle of two rooms and sitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say, while I was doing that, I was like, I did think to myself, well, this is silly. I'm really just doing peer mediation right now that doesn't need my input so i did fire up halo infinite uh, because that's a game i can pause anytime i want and just go pick the cat up and put it back in the other room which is you know just jumping over baby gates as high as five feet 
tall. No big deal. <laughs> That'd be uh, so, um, getting back into Halo Infinite, I play, I'm, uh, I kind of, I'm not mainlining anything because I know I probably should just go mainline the story, but uh, I'm still doing sad stuff, uh, especially so I can find that sweet, sweet multiplayer gear unlockables. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think I have like, and they're all for guns apparently, so it's like boring skins. Uh, so I'm progressing the story. I'm probably way further behind than anyone thinks. I just um, took care of the two Spartan hunters, the bounty hunters, whatever they were. Oh, yes. Um, and then I saw the big bad guy getting in an argument with the bigger bad girl. Uh, and that's about as far as I am in that story, but I'm still enjoying Halo Infinite uh, to the degree that I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, still playing Pokemon. Legends, Real quick before um, you. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Really quick before you move on. So, what made you decide that, like, you know, while you're doing this mediating and just. Why Halo Infinite? Like, why was that the thing that you decided to go back to? I didn't really know what I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And the Xbox is already always on because that's what the tv's on so i was like oh well it'll be something on the xbox at least oh and i didn't put it on the list i did try to play crossfire x oh yes and i just had no fun at all and, and there was no campaign for me to play so i didn't even buy and buy it for sure yeah. <laughs> so i was like oh i heard this campaign issues i think uh i'll see if it's out but it wasn't available so i did a match uh and while I was just selecting my perks, I was killed at my spawn point, and there's no respawning. So I just had to wait three minutes on my first match oh, that until I could move again. <laughs> um, I did play a, a couple matches um, with the, this team that I was on, and it, was, it wasn't anything special, right? It didn't make me think, I need to keep playing this and that's probably why i went to halo after that right um and i can play halo in, in front of my son i typically try not to you know be on the tv and playing games uh around my son but like if he's sitting down on his tablet i i don't mind firing up halo i mean he has a warthog he has a master chief toy right. so he's familiar with it enough to be interested um, so yeah, I guess that's the long answer to your question. No, it's okay. I did. Crossfire X seems to be having a lot of issues. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad. Maybe uh, hopefully they can fix it and not worry too much about the microtransactions aspect of the game, uh, which I heard is another problem. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, Arceus. Uh, that game, still playing it, um, still having fun. Not, I'm not moving at breakneck speeds. I'm just playing it when I can or when I want to. Not a big deal. Uh, and then lastly, um, of course, I sprung for the Founders Edition of Lost Ark just to play it one day early <laughs> before it was free. Why I did that, I don't know. But that's what I did. Um, I completely forgot about this game. I even didn't don't even know that I knew what, what it was, like, gameplay-wise. I don't think I watched any trailers or anything. So, of course, uh, a game like Kyle's going to talk about after 
was also being played by the, the streamer I followed, Bruce Green, and one of his YouTube things popped up. He was playing uh, Lost Ark with Lawrence uh, Sontag, and I was like, Lost Ark, what is that? Why do I know that? And I was like, oh, okay, it's the Amazon Games game that we didn't know if, if it was coming out and when, and, and we talked about it, I think, uh, like six months ago, about if we worried about Amazon Game Studios based off of them shutting down. What did they shut down? One of their games, the... Uh, not Overwatch, but Overwatch clony kind of game. Yeah, what the heck was the name of that game? Yeah, that's okay. It's gone, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I think that's the last time we talked about them, with the exception of we might have talked about New World at one point, but barely in passing. So anyways, long story long, uh, Last Ark, I'm playing it. I got the Founders Edition, just the $14.99 one, and it went, that was like crazy $100 ones. I didn't need that. Um, because I saw Bruce's gameplay and I thought it looked cool. And uh, I don't know how this game like disappeared from my radar. It's it's uh, Diablo and Divinity together. It's Diablo with more RPG elements, but it's still like a great Diablo. I don't need a clone. Diablo Divinity clone. It is weird though, because. Uh, Wazda doesn't move, but your those are your hotkeys for your spells. Oh. So I continuously was like trying to move, and I'm and I'm just like using like magic or what or whatever system they use. So it has like Q W E R and then A S D F as your hotkeys, and you also have binding ones too. Um, but yeah, you it's point and move like Diablo, right click attacks your basic attack. And then you have your hotkeys for your other attacks. You get a mount. Uh, I have a cat uh, sidekick who comes along with me everywhere. Um, it's a lot of fun. And it looks great. And it runs really well, uh, considering it is a free-to-play. Uh, I, I hesitate to call it an MMO because of the label, that, that like the thought process that comes with even though it is an MMO, technically. I was like, it is an MMO, though. Um, if you've played games like um, Marvel Heroes, you'll be more familiar with this type of gameplay. Uh, because you still have, like... like It's different from Diablo and more like Heroes in the aspect of the hub world. And when, like, you might be surprised to go get a quest and realize there's 17 people currently hovering over the dude you need to talk to but you can still talk to him. So that's like your Marvel Heroes aspects. Uh, it does have co-op co-op too, so you can play with friends. I think the party size is five or six that you can play with concurrently in a, in a party, which is pretty cool. The character models are, are very in-depth and, and very cool as well, as, as well as the classes of characters you can pick. I ended up picking the... There's like a lady with three swords. I think it's called Three Swords. Um, seemed really cool. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, and it's free to play. So Lost Ark is a, a real easy recommendation for me to get people who have a PC. Why have two swords when you could have three? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why would you uh, choose that, someone with two swords? <laughs> right. Uh, that cancel game was Crucible. Crucible. There you go. Thank you. So... Yeah, uh, I really wanted to play Lost Ark, but as I had told you pre-show and our listeners yeah. can hear now, 
Uh, it was taking a thousand hours to download. <laughs> so I have not played Lost Ark yet. But it seems like overall people are mostly liking it. Does that seem accurate from I think the Metacritic was like 86% or something like that. So, yeah. I tried to bid like on it for our Fantasy Critic League and uh, I bid on it like what? Like one day too late or oh no if i bid last saturday i could have got it but because of the bids process i couldn't get it gotcha well you got some other games though yes i did (laughs) (laughs) cool any other games you've been playing uh wordle does wordle count (laughs) i mean wordle does count i've already bounced off wordle so did you yeah uh we have a little friend text group so it keeps me playing it just so we can compare our scores Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. How about you, Kyle? What do you What have you been playing? Well, I have been. I you know we haven't talked about board games too much lately, and I I do want to throw uh, out there. I have been playing board games, but they're just board games that we've already talked about on the show because work's been pretty busy. So when we come home at night, and if we're going to play board games, we just play things we've already played yeah. um, rather than trying to wor- learn something new. So we have been playing board games. It just they've all been um stuff we've talked about before, and I just didn't necessarily want to rehash all of those old games and things like that we uh, got a new one today transformers deck builder yeah from renegade oh nice that's exciting yeah. i mean will we ever play it who knows <laughs> <laughs> but the intentions there yeah so uh yeah so just kind of keep in mind I, my i'm hopeful that i you know my partner is great and i she knows that this coming weekend is horizon weekend so that's so she's yeah. very very nice about that <laughs> um but hopefully we'll play some board games in there too just because i i really have an itch to like dive deep into something we haven't played uh i'd like to learn a couple of new ones so me too that I, I feel you on that so uh but what i've been playing uh i finally now have jumped into sifu um kind of playing through that uh you know i don't know this is nothing new uh it's hard yeah (laughs) like it's not an easy game um i have gotten to the second boss so that's as far as i've gotten at this point um which granted i also haven't played maybe as much as i was hoping to by this point yet Uh, because like i mentioned work has been has been busy uh so there is some i do enjoy the combat in sifu a lot i think the music is great i think the visuals of the game are really striking the camera sometimes gets a little wonky uh when you're in really tight quarters where sometimes you can't see yourself um or sometimes the you see like a outline of the person you're fighting because you don't realize they're like behind a pillar or something so sometimes that stuff gets a little bit weird uh but overall i do enjoy it uh i totally respect and understand the, the concerns some people have with the difficulty i do think that there are some aspects, especially to the pairing system, that is very challenging. And uh, though you can learn the patterns of of characters that you're fighting, uh, sometimes you it almost just feels more lucky than it does. Like I prepped it because the visual tell you get for the moves they're going to do sometimes are so subtle. Yeah, that is really really hard to be able to effectively parry in a way that it kind of stuns them slightly to open them up for a counter attack and things like that so uh trying to get better at the parrying uh but still relying a lot on just dodging uh the the permanent unlock is a little bit cumbersome i wish that yeah i I get the idea (laughs) of having to unlock something five times but i wish that the time that you bought it counted like for the first time that you that you bought it in a run i wish that counted towards the five yeah so it wasn't like I bought it, but now I have to buy it 
five additional more times, but right. maybe I only get two additional times <laughs> on this run. So the next time I have to buy it again and then get, you know, three additional times to do it. So I do wish that maybe that happened. Uh, I think the aging system, though, and just the idea behind that and kind of how that's incorporated in everything is pretty cool. Um, and how you get, you know, stronger as you get older or you are more powerful as you get older, but you take can take less damage, but you hit harder. Like that kind of stuff is really neat. Uh, I will say the opening of this game and the credits of this game are some of the is some of like the coolest opening and credits yeah. of any game ever. <laughs> like that really, really sets a, a high bar right away. And I will say, though, is that, you know, I played the first level and I got through it, but it didn't go well. Um, and then I got to the second level the first time yeah. and I was you know <laughs> old enough in the first level that I died not too long later. Uh, played it a second time, did better. Um, but by the time I played it the third time, like I could whip through that first level really? with like nice. without much too much issue. So I, I, I'm hopeful that if I continue to play, I will get much better and be able to like get through the second boss. I've only gotten to them twice, so it's not like I'm you know banging my head against the wall. But most both times I've gotten there, uh, I've been a little old because that that second level is no joke. Uh, even yeah. when you take the shortcuts to get to the boss, uh, there's a couple people who you're like, ooh, you are particularly problematic and it is literally one mistake or two mistakes and suddenly you're you know you're like well i was 34 but now i guess i'm 60 so that's cool like it doesn't take too much for things to get a little bit out of hand as far it's as oddly choice. not that dissimilar to eternal as far as level yeah, structure goes yeah i i mean other than the sense that it's like the levels are identical every time whereas eternal is not but I, right. I totally get what you're saying as far as like what you keep the knowledge that you go in with, like... Or if you find keys, or you, you find, find something yeah. to unlock a different door. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I like I said, I do enjoy it. It is definitely challenging. So, if you like a, a challenging game, uh, I think it's worth a look. If you don't want a challenging game, uh, they have said that they're looking at introducing some difficulty options and things like yeah. that down the road. Uh, so, you know, maybe wait and, and see if it's going to be a better fit for you there. Uh, so, Sifu, like I said, I'm enjoying it, but I can definitely understand the criticisms against it. Uh, another game I've been playing is Ollie Ollie World. Um, I'm a big fan. I played a lot of Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie 2 on the Vita back in the day. And Roll7, the developer, kind of went on to release Not, Not a Hero uh, and Laser League were like a couple games they did in between Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie 2. And now they've decided to come home with Ollie Ollie World. But what's interesting is that in a lot of ways, Ollie Ollie World and Sifu are similar in the sense that to do extremely well in Ali Ali World is very, very challenging. However, progressing in the game is very easy. So it's pretty easy to get through levels, but to get your high to get a high score, to unlock all the outfits, because it's all mostly outfit-based, you know, to unlock all the outfits, to meet all the challenges, that is extremely challenging. Uh, so it is like this interesting juxtaposition between if you just want to go through the game and do some cool tricks and see the world and stuff and, and get through, you 100% can. Uh, but if you want to set extremely high scores, it is going to take you a lot of practice, a lot of repetition, a lot of memorization of the routes and the ways to go and when to go. Maybe take the bottom route versus the high route. When should you maybe stay on the deck and do tricks there versus grinding on the rails? Like There's a lot of negotiating you're going to have to do there. Uh, so it is a, a a different take on a similar thing of like, hey, here's a game that's potentially really, really hard if you want it to be, but also can be progressed very, very um, quickly and straightforwardly if you want it to. 
Uh, but if you are into kind of an action skateboarding game, I can't recommend it high enough. Uh, the worlds are cool. The music is fun. I will say the story is a little take it or leave it like it's not great. Sure. Uh, the interludes of dialogue and conversations we have really just want me to get like, I kind of want them to end just so I can get back to the skating portion of it. But it is a very realized world like it everything about it is coherent with the vision of what they're trying to do with it so it's kind of a cool place just to be and just to see so uh i you know really glad that i took the dive i didn't know if i was going to get this because i had sifu um but i was like you know what we'll take a we'll take a run on it like the first two games so we'll we'll just go for it and i'm glad i did it's a lot of fun i basically have been switching back and forth between sifu and ali ali world when I have high resilience to play a game, I play Sifu. And when I'm like, ah, I just want to chill and have some fun, <laughs> I'm playing Ollie Ollie World. Uh, so those are kind of the main two games I've been playing. But the last game I've been playing is a game that I don't know how long this has been out for. I probably should have looked this up because I just started playing it today. Uh, but it's a game that has started to kind of become, I think, kind of a bigger deal. Um, and that's Vampire Survivors. Uh, it came out in December but has really started to take the streaming world and the podcast world by storm. And it is the most ridiculous game. Cause when I explain it, you're going to be like, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> but then when you play it, you can't stop playing it. But to be fair, when you first look at it, you also think to yourself, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not much of a looker. Uh, all you do is move with the Y like you up, down, left, right. That's all you can do. That's it. But, and you're, so you have a character and your character has automatic attacks that happen. Um, and when you start, you know, the first character you have has like a whip that goes out in front of them. Over time, you can like earn currency to unlock other characters with different starting abilities and then also different powers that happen as you level up. But all you're doing, you know, is to start is you're going and you're walking and every, you know, second or whatever it is, he sends out the whip. Um, and, you know, you hit some bats and you pick up the coins they drop and you're just kind of doing this. And then once you pick up enough, you level up. Once you level up, it gives you three randomly generated options of like buffs to pick. And then you kind of start thinking, okay, what kind of character build do I want to do based off what's available to me? You pick your upgrade and you just go back to it. And again, now whatever upgrade happened is just happening automatically as you just move around trying to like just kill the creatures um, and keep moving, collecting resources, upgrading your character, and you just keep going. And after long... The screen is absolutely filled with enemies. <laughs> like they're all over the place, but all you're doing still is just walking around, letting these automatic attacks hit the enemies and picking up what they drop. Now you can get treasure chests and you can pick up health and there's a whole bunch of other things that go in with it. But really for the most part, all you're doing is walking. That's it. That's all you can do is walk around and let these automatic attacks happen. Um, and it's kind of figuring out like what builds do you want to build? Do you want to go with something that's like a lot of, um, ranged attacks and is spitting a lot of things out you know or do you want to do something that's much more closer and brawly um i had this there's these like big groups of bats that come out at you and yeah, i had like this waves one, <laughs> yeah and i had this character build where i had like taken this like garlic thing which gives you like a shield around you and yeah. it does damage to anything close to you so when those waves of bats came and they were like i would like run at them and they were just like all the bats would just like disintegrate like all around me and i'd like nice. pick up all the coins like it's really fun like all you're doing literally all you're doing is using wasd to move around but it's so dang fun like i don't like i don't know why this is so good but I can't stop playing this game. <laughs> like, it's such a good time. 
all I wanted to do was like, I was like, okay, when we're done podcasting tonight, I'll edit the episode. <laughs> I probably can still fit a few runs of Vampire Survivors in before bed then. It's $3. It's in early access. It's totally worth it. It, it really is just a simple, fun, like I was doing it while I was watching um, people play Lost Ark, actually, because Lost Ark was <laughs> downloading. So I was playing it while I was watching people do that. And it, it's great. Like if you are looking for a quick way to spend 10 or 15 minutes, um, Vampire Survivors, super, super easy recommend. Nice, nice. All right. So with that, then, Josh, let's move on to our topics of the show. What is your first topic, Josh? Invest, Kyle. Invest, invest. You must increase your vest. Uh, Ravensburger <laughs> is investing in the crowdfunding platform. Kick uh, game found. Game found. Ravensburger, uh, they have a, a program called the Net Ven- Next Ventures, which is uh, essentially uh, Ravensburger's attempt to stay uh, competitive. And they have decided to invest $4.5 million into GameFound. Uh, GameFound was launched uh, in beta last year. This is coming from ICV2 um, by a Polish game publisher, um, Awaken Realms, who you might know from a bunch of things. Uh, I believe Star Realms is one of them. Now it's White Wizard Games, but I think they were original, and I could be wrong. And if I am, I'm sorry. Uh they initially built a platform to handle its own games. I think one of the biggest games was their first, the first game um, on GameFound. Uh, and it was, uh, now now I should know that, but I'm forgetting it. Uh, ISS, some, ISS Vanguard, uh, which was a game I was interested in. I just didn't back. But uh, to date, GameFound has now uh, over two, $22 million raised on the platform for the games uh, and content they have on there. Uh, and as ICV2 puts for context, <clears throat> over $235 million was raised for tabletop games in Kickstarter, um, the last year for which information is available. And I think we actually talked about uh, 2021 for them, right? I did think we not do that yet? I thought we did. So maybe they didn't have it at the time, but uh, I think they were still positive. So obviously, GameFound is not even competing as far as dollar amount goes. However, something we did talk about when GameFound was launched, um, they provide tools to help creators manage their campaigns and deliver uh, the final games to the backers, which now Kickstarter is doing. But at the time, uh, when GameFound came out, uh, they had a lot of... Uh, innovation as far as the crowdfunding goes as and like even for consumers when you back something you don't have to wait to try to figure out those extra add-ons because when when you backed the game i would say even a year ago on kickstarter you wouldn't know how much more money you're spending on add-ons or even what you wanted in add-ons so GameFound started a thing where you would choose add-ons after you uh, pledged to the product and now, now Kickstarter does that as well. Yeah. But it really just kind of helps you financially plan for what you're getting. Um, but they also, uh, ISS Vanguard raised almost $5 million. And then they had Too Many Bones, Unbreakable, which was at $3.4 million, And Robinson Crusoe Collector's Edition, which is at $2.6 million. So uh, a lot of growth for GameFounds. I 
Uh, I think this is a very good move for Ravensburger. But my question for you, Kyle, is I don't know that we've seen a lot of Ravensburger crowdfunded games. Do you think their investment in GameFound could be like a sign of their interest in crowdfunding in the future? And do you think they would go exclusive to, to GameFound? Yes and yes. <laughs> and I think also when you think of Ravensburger, like we obviously t- think about Ravensburger games, but Ravensburger is a huge puzzle company too, right? Yes. They do tons and tons of puzzles. So could you imagine like a really fancy, expensive version of a puzzle that's only about available through like through GameFound? Yeah, that could be really cool. You know, so I think for them, it is an opportunity, A, with everything, with Kickstarter, with, you know, the crypto and the NFTs and all the stuff that they are now looking at, I, I think many board game companies are looking for an alternative and GameFound seems like the most reasonable one uh, that has a lot of the tools that the tools it does are now being pulled over to Kickstarter. Like if you go to GameFound's page, like one of the things they do is they're like, hey, here are upcoming projects that haven't launched yet for you to like look at. Like yeah. these aren't out yet, but like you can check the pages, know that they might change, but like go take a look. Get f- that way you can give feedback to, you know, the people who are going to be running these campaigns right away. Like comment sections start weeks before the games even are available to, you know, purchase. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things that happen there. Uh, so I think this is them kind of putting their money where their mouth is in the sense of it seems that Rav- Ravensburger really. I assume wants to look at crowdfunding in the future, wants to see this, you know, other for, uh, I was like, why am I flaking on the word? <laughs> this other um, Avenue. competitor be successful, right? And yeah. for them, it's another European company, right? Like GameFound is based in Europe. Mm-hmm. Ravensburger is based in Europe. Uh, it really helps them have a platform that they believe in, that they can trust. And I mean, I think, you know, if you're putting four and a half million dollars into something, you're probably planning to use it in the future would be my guess. Yeah. Um, I do find it, you know, this shows a little bit the difference between the board game industry and the video game industry of like, hey, Ravensburger's investing for four and a half million dollars. What does four and a half million dollars get you in video games? (laughs) You know, like not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, But yeah. You know, are you interested in GameFound? Have you been following like the stuff that goes on there, the games that go on there? I check GameFound occasionally. Um, I still get like ISS Vanguard updates because I didn't realize I signed up for updates, and I just recently had to like unsub from that. But uh, I really like the look. I like. I will occasionally go on there and see what games are on there. Um, I just think that uh, the the big games for them already, the games that I would have been interested in, I also wouldn't have been able to afford, even if they were in Kickstarter. Just, you know, expensive, big expensive games, which is fine. I mean, I could afford them, but it would be at the expense of probably something I'm already kickstarting, right? So once I don't have any reason to stay loyal to Kickstarter, in fact, with the sole NFT nonsense, I would prefer an alternative, but um, I don't think that ga- I don't think that Kickstarter necessarily has anything more than GameFound except for years of service. So I think once it's if GameFound gets out there and and really makes a, a bigger name for themselves, they could do uh, very well. So I think it's also a very smart investment. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, I mean there there's a few um, 
things on GameFound right now. It definitely obviously has nowhere near as many projects as Kickstarter does. Yeah. But I, I don't think it would take much uh, to get people interested in or or being willing to use GameFound. I don't think it would take too many games uh, going there. Because uh, even like um, you had mentioned Robinson Crusoe, like it seems like Portals, I'll, I don't know if they're doing co- like consecutively doing them on both sides, but like the 51st State Ultimate Edition is going to be on GameFound. You know, right. so it does seem, and you know, again, another European company. Uh, yeah. So maybe it just works out a little bit better for portal games to to work there. But I could, I'd be supportive of and be okay with using them. Uh, so hopefully, you know, having a competitor in the market will help, you know, keep things going and, and keep Kickstarter on their toes. And yeah, yeah, if they're not going to invest a ton in crypto, you know, maybe I'll even uh, do some games there myself. So <laughs> nice. Right. Cool. Anything else about uh, Ravensburger and, and GameFound? Uh, no, I just think it's it's interesting to see this. Maybe this will be the start of a movement. So we'll have Perhaps to keep our eyes on it. All right, Josh, for my first topic, we're, of course, bringing back one of our favorite segments. That is answering the board gaming subreddit's most burning questions. Uh, this is always a good one. So I, I have run through the last few days. I've been kind of popping into the subreddit a little more than I typically do and, and saving some questions and things like that. But we're going to go through. And anytime I'm able to... Uh, read a username of the person on Reddit. I will. If I'm not able to, uh, you're welcome to go, you know, look up the question on your own. So, all right, Josh. So here's the first one. Uh, the user's name is Curly Lambo. So they have a few games in mind for two players, but they're unsure if they're beginner friendly. Okay, Josh. So I'm just going to list the games okay. they have listed. And we just need to say whether or not we think it's beginner friendly for two players. Okay. The Fox in the Forest. Ooh, that's tricky uh, because it uses a mechanic that's very old in in gaming, tabletop gaming in general. But for someone like me who never learned uh, spades or anything like that, that was another game I had to learn also at the same time. You know, I had to learn how to play this game and then I had to learn how to play this game that is that game. Uh, but that being said, uh, I still think it's relatively easy to get. So I think it's a pretty good beginner game. But it's also something that's take that also. So if you want a co-op, if you want a two-player game and you want a co-op game, this isn't the one for you. Yeah, I would agree. I think Fox in the Forest is a good pick for a beginner game. Uh, and I say that especially because I can see the rest of the games on the list. And that's why I say, yes, yeah. the Fox in the Forest seems like a great pick. Uh, the next game then, Josh, Eldritch Horror. Ooh, is it beginner friendly? No, I don't think so. I think no, it's I don't think so on the next level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as an example, uh, the BGG rating for that game is a 3-3-2. So oh, I, I even think that might be too high for Eldritch Horror. Think so, um, but maybe just a little bit. Maybe it's like a two point eight. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky. <laughs> it could be, but anyway, three, three, two. Uh, yeah, I don't think Eldritch Horror though is super is super beginner friendly. No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, Arkham Arkham Horror LCG. <laughs> oh, LCG, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. That's also no. my thoughts on that one. Uh, and then the last one, Ghost Stories. Oh, you know what? I've never played it, um, but it's a game I want to play. 
That's why I can't so, answer that one. Yeah, I have never played Ghost Stories either. Uh, but my assumption is not really. I don't know for sure for certain. Uh, yeah. I I think the game is from what I know, the game is pretty easy to understand, but very challenging. Okay. So if you are cool with losing, I guess maybe it's okay. But I think of the four, because those are the only four games they listed, um, I feel like the Fox in the Forest is definitely the most beginner friendly of those four games. Sure. Yeah, definitely, okay. I think. Cool. All right, Josh. Next one from user Professor Eucalyptus. Woo. <laughs> I always have to say, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the title and I'm going to have you respond, Josh. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) My girlfriend keeps losing to me and she's getting really upset about it. What Uh... do I do? (laughs) Well, think about how important it is for you to play board games (laughs) and then make one decision. And either the decision you make will lead to you being able to play board games again or the decision you make will be you won't play board games again with that particular person. <laughs> uh, and maybe not with anybody for a little bit, depending on how that choice goes. <laughs> so, I mean, I think my answer is just play cooperative games. <laughs> like, I, you know, like. Yes. Or wait till you get married and then start playing competitive games against it. <laughs> so it's a little bit more of a. a a contentious breakup talk. <laughs> yeah, I just I really think that maybe putting a a pause on things and playing some cooperative games instead of competitive games might be a good way to kind of take care of things for a bit. Now, I'm not saying that you should only ever play cooperative games. Like I think you can potentially get back to um competitive ones, but that might just be a good way to kind of handle things for now. At least that's what I think. So cool. All right, Josh, this next one, I will see. This might be challenging. I don't know. Uh, What is your least favorite game by your favorite designer? And this is from uh, Rattly Games. Well, I haven't. uh, I have to have played it, right? (laughs) I mean, I would assume so, though. Mine, I mean, maybe not. My least. um, Well, that's because I don't. have one i guess if i had to pick i i guess well i guess i would pick century spice road plain edition okay and only aesthetically like i still love the game <laughs> it's just like uh my wife texts me on friday that that equinox game by plan b games they have a golem edition oh yeah yeah and they just put out the Gollum Edition and Playmat Bundle on Playing B Games website. So she texts me saying, like, look. And I was like, buy it. Did you buy it yet? Are you buying it? And she's like, I'm currently trying to buy it. And I was like, okay, perfect. You know the right answer. <laughs> and I know <laughs> that's not pretty... Emerson, but that's Plan B. All, but they right. have a very similar aesthetic. And uh, I think that Century Spice Road is a great game. And I think that Gollum Edition makes it more accessible to everybody because it livens it up. And it's not like, the I, to me, Spice Road, all the components are very bland compared to Gollum Edition. 
definitely. So what makes you then say Emerson? I'm assuming you're saying that Emer- Emerson is your favorite designer. Yeah. What is it about Emerson that makes him your favorite designer? Uh, it's going to sound, what's the word I would say? Douchey, a board game douchey, but simple and elegant designs um, for the games of his that I have played. Because I still yeah, want no, to play sense. his um, Spec Ops game. I still want to play that. And I know that has a different a different feel than all of his other games that I've played. But yeah. there's something about a game that comes with one page rule book mm-hmm. that plays better than most games with 40 page rule books. And it's, yeah. it's fun and it's challenging and it's different every time you play it because it's luck of the draw and you're also competing against other people. So it is always different because people do different things every time. And it involves math. And math is fun when it's utilized the right way. (laughs) (laughs) When it's utilized the right way. Yeah, man. See, because I was going to pick Emerson, but I I feel like we both can't pick the same person. Well, if it's your favorite board game designer, you can. (laughs) I know. And I would probably pick Reef, but I still really like Reef. I like Reef too, yeah. You know, so it's not that I I don't like the game. I I still really, I was going to pick his Metal Gear Solid game just because it hasn't come out yet. I guess you could pick that technically. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's your least favorite because you couldn't play it. <laughs> yeah, it makes me the most sad. Um, it, that might be why. But uh, yeah, I think that is an interesting. That's an interesting question because there are some people who are like, "Oh, I play every game by X designer," and like, yeah, I have definitely played more games by other designers than I have Emerson, just because like, if you think about like Uwe Rosenberg, right? Like I've played a feast for Odin. I've played Caverna. I've played La Havre, fields of Arl, you know, like there's so many games that I've played there, but he's not my favorite. So like that one, I could easily more easily pick like a game I didn't like, but he's not my favorite designer. So yeah, I think like I said, I think I have to pick reef, but I still really like reef. So I don't know that that totally counts, but that's my answer. And Josh is back with us. I thought I thought my computer was gonna like blue screen on me. That was weird. But hey, we're thrilled to have you back. That's the important yeah. thing. All right, so hey, we're gonna continue on with our <laughs> answering the board, the board game subreddit's most burning questions. Uh, I don't know if you have a quick answer to this. I don't know that I actually do fully, but maybe I do. Uh, what game have you regretted not Kickstarter kickstarting by oh, Lingonberry number nine two nine two? Uh, probably Horizon. I really just, that was something I really, really wanted to do. And I still feel like I don't have the full game, which is probably why I haven't even played it yet. Because I'm like, and even if it just becomes a display game, I don't get to display the whole game. So it's Mm. really like kicking me that I didn't um, do that. I And I think my second answer would, would have been a game... Um, like Foundations of Rome, like that you'll never be able to get that isn't on Kickstarter. Right. That would have been a bigger regret. I just can't think of if that has happened before and if it has what those games were. Um, yeah, Kingdom Death Monster is not a game I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, you can go uh, get it from their website for like $420. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if there's a game. Uh, 
I should say that there's not a game I would regret because I have no doubts that if someone were to list like, oh, this game was kind of a Kickstarter only game yeah. and really hasn't been reprinted since then, I'd be like, shoot, I wish I would have gotten that. Right, but I right. can't think of one right now. Uh, I do know that there was a during while I was watching the Dice Towers top 100, there was a game in the top 10 for one of them that I was like, oh, shoot, I really should have kickstarted that game. But I don't remember what it is right now. So obviously that tells you how well that stuck with me that I really wanted yeah. to do that. So, <laughs> but I think that is the tough part. There's just so many darn Kickstarters, right? That it's tough to keep up. And yeah, I, I counted the other day. I think right now I have like nine games that are either Kickstarter or pre-ordered that I'm waiting on. So I really don't like, I really don't need any other games, right? Like I really don't need to kickstart anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, Josh. Choose a game to one is play every day. Yeah. One is play 20 times in a row. Ugh. <laughs> okay. And one is never see played again. Okay. In so general one, or from games I own? Just in general. So one so the play every day is a game you have to play every day for the rest of your life. The play 20 times in a row is that this is you have to play it back to back 20 times. Yes. Um, and you can't play anything else between it. And never played again is a game that it never it's like the game never existed. And this okay. is from user Road to Infamy Games. A game that I would play every day. Oh, come on, you got the easy answer to this already. Well, I have a few easy answers, but I want to make sure I also enjoy it. Um, so the game I would play every day would be Yahtzee. Oh, I thought you were going to say Wordle. No, that's not a board game. <laughs> but you're still playing it every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, a Marvel strike team then. <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> I play it every day. Um, are we talking board games or just in general? I mean, it's board games, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Games. So, yeah. Um, Yahtzee, because it's relatively quick and it's dice rolling, which I just really enjoy dice rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play it every day on my phone app. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm already doing that, too. Uh, a game I would play 20 times in a row would have to be a game with a lot of um, diversity and how the game would play out. So I would probably pick a deck builder like Ascension or Legendary, Mar- Marvel Legendary, assuming we have can have the expansions that we have. Um, or even not, I think I still think any like general deck builder would be fine with me. Uh, or a legacy game. Maybe I should have went with like Risk Legacy. <laughs> that would probably be yeah. a better answer, right? Um, and uh, the game I would never, ever, ever play again, Sentinels of the Multiverse. That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the easiest out of the three. Yeah. So I'm really debating for the everyday one. I kind of want to go with something super quick and easy because like, you could easily say something like Love Letter. That would take yeah, yeah. five minutes and you're just done for playing your game for the day. But uh, you're so going to think... be like a month and you can be like, oh, let's just get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what do I have time for to play every day, right? Like, if you right. had to do this every day. Um, so that I, I'm actually leaning towards that. Uh, for 20 times in a row, I know I just <laughs> played it, but I probably would pick my city. Because it takes 24 times, like 24 games to get through the campaign. Yeah. So you realistically, and the games are like 20 to 30 minutes. So you really could get through it very quickly in just a couple of days. You could get basically the entire campaign done. Uh, and it's a good time. Like, it's a fun, breezy game. Like, I, I really think that'd be super simple. Yeah. Um, 
And the game never, ooh, again, I don't know that I really hate any games. Uh, yeah, but you got to pick one. <laughs> I know. So I'm probably going to pick. Uh, no, I'm probably going to pick phase 10. I'm picking oh, phase really? 10. Uh, because no matter how hard I try, I cannot win in that game. I am horrible <laughs> at phase 10. I don't know what it is. Whew. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let me see if this one will work. Um, no, I don't think I'm going to ask that one. I thought it was going to work, but I didn't think so. Okay. This one though is right up your alley, Josh. Uh, and maybe eh, one more question after this. We'll see. Uh, from user prestigious taste four three four. Ah, what a what a name to come in with. <laughs> what is your recommendation for Gloomhaven background music? I mean, that's pretty easy these these days. You just can go to anything you listen to music on and put Gloomhaven in. <laughs> uh, but we talked about Melodice before in the past, a lot a couple of years ago actually. So there's a website called Melodice, M E L O D I C E. And you can just find the board game you're playing, and people curate playlists for it. So, yeah, just go to Melodice and stream it to your whatever speaker you have, or you just play it off your phone, and just pick the Gloomhaven one. If not, if you just want to use Spotify, there's, like, tons of just, like, uh, medieval fantasy playlists you can find yeah. very easily. Yeah. Cool. And I, since I haven't played it, I you know, other than the PC version like that yeah. music works uh you know i think we'll go with josh's recommendations he's played it enough and the final question we're going to do this week from user no way out josh what are your thoughts on digital devices in gaming i.e app driven games obviously we had uh jerry on not that all that long ago who clearly yeah. is a big supporter of it uh and we have i think both played games that have that are app driven or app supported in some way shape or form uh, yep. Overall, what are your thoughts, Josh? Are you cool with app-driven device or apps in games? We've talked about this uh, actually a lot on the show in the history of the show. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I think originally I was worried about, mm-hmm. and I think I've changed a lot on that. My my opinion is it depends on the game you're playing because if you are looking to buy a board game for longevity, right, a board game where you think that your 40 to $60 should last you your life or the life of the board game, then obviously digital companion games are not the games for you. Mm-hmm. But if you think of it more like a video game and that you're getting a certain dollar amount with a certain amount of time you're putting into the game, I think in some cases, digital board games do it better than video games. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping when Familiar Tales shows up this month, that we'll be able to to both talk about that in depth, but even just the short time I played with um, Forgot Forbidden Waters really shows um, how well it can be done. And and a game that was completely changed by a digital companion, which is Mansions of Madness Second Edition, really it just took that extra player and made it a computer player, and now you can play with more people because you're eliminating, unless you want to be that player, which you can still do, which is essentially the house. Um, so I think in the, in the right situations, I love them. I think they're great. And we're going to see a lot more of them. Um, but I also wouldn't count on having all, all of your board games be digital companion driven, because then you will not have much of a collection once you're finished with those games. For sure. Yeah, and I think... 
you hit it right on the head that there are definitely games I've played that I think the app integration has been great. Uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth is an example that that the app in that game does a really good job of helping laying things out. And it could theoretically, most things in that game have been done in a guide or a book of some sort. Yes. Would it have been anywhere near as straightforward and convenient and understandable to do as it is in the app? Like no way. There's absolutely no way. And, you know, Jerry, I think brought up a great point when he was on talking about sleeping gods, which is a game I adore. I love sleeping gods. It's so good. But I am flipping through that book constantly of like going from this page to this page. And I got to go look up this page and this page. And like, there's just so much fiddliness that happens with that. Whereas if you can like streamline all of that, the app takes care of it. It tells you the story and I can actually focus on playing the game. I think that's a good thing. Now, yes. Is there an issue if the apps aren't supported long enough or they stop working on devices or yeah, yes, all of those things are a problem. So I think the games need to be very clear about whether or not their app required, how long they plan to support them for, like all of that stuff. But for the most part, and I know there's some people who are going to say there's an exception. Once you finish most, you know, most of the games these days that have apps tend to be campaign games. There's some exceptions to that, obviously. I don't anticipate we're going to still be playing those campaigns for, you know, in 40 years. Right. Right. Like, it would be reasonable potentially that that app might not work anymore. Um, But yeah. So if that's something that worries you, like I don't like begrudge anyone who's like, I refuse to play app games. That's totally fine. Like I get it. Uh, But I do think there are places where apps can actually make board gaming more enjoyable. And in those places, I think we should be like, I'm cool with it in those situations. All right, Josh, that's it for, you know, answering the board game subreddit's most burning questions. What is your second topic, Josh? Well, my second topic will be very enjoyable for Mr. Donny Reese, who loves his games to have cards in them. Oh, he does. He loves them so much. Uh, from Eurogamer, <clears throat> Warner Brothers uh, has announced a new mobile collectible card game in the Harry Potter universe featuring MMO and RPG elements. The game is called Harry Potter Magic Awakened. It's developed by NetEase and co-published by WB Games uh, under Portkey Games so they can just pretend like they don't have anything to do with it if it's bad. Uh, And it will let players uh, collect and level over 70 cards uh, to be used in PvP brawls and PvE challenges. The game is set 10 years after the defeat of He Who Shall Not Be Named and the Battle of Hogwarts. It involves a new generation of witches and wizards. Uh, you also get to roam around Hogwarts or fly or over the school on a broom. Brew potions take part in the sorting hat ceremony and even play Quidditch. You can pre-register now if you're an Android user at the Google Play Store. Uh, and it will be coming soon to iPhone and iPad for pre-registration as well. And it's coming out. Sorry, the game has been out since September in China, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, as well as other Asian markets. Um so it was just recently announced for Europe and the United States. Uh, well, not United States, North America. Uh, so, Kyle, you love Harry Potter, like me. You love card games, like me. You enjoy RPGs and MMOs sometimes, like me. Do you have any interest? Oh, wait, you like mobile games, like me. <laughs> Do you have any interest in this game at all? 
So what do you say I like mobile? I literally play one mobile game. That's all I ever give myself time Bye, for. You mobile. like it. I do like it. Doesn't uh, you play Grindstone? Isn't that almost a mobile game? Yeah, I did play Grindstone. Uh, I, you know, when I had my Apple Arcade for a while there, I did really enjoy Grindstone. But currently, you know, I play one uh, mobile game. That the, <laughs> I don't have time for an additional one of these, nor do I... Uh, I feel like this is going to very much be like those. The maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is much more RPG MMOE, uh, but I feel like this is going to is very much in those like hero collector style games of like get all the stuff, level all the stuff up, use all the stuff, get more of the stuff. Here's some more things you can get, and I just don't have the time for that. Another one of those, uh, and I really don't anticipate. And this is the hard thing about those, you know, hero collecting games of like once you get like super like once you've been playing it for a while it's really hard to go play a different one because you don't really want to start over you're like i got yeah. all this stuff you know that is, <laughs> is digital stuff but it's all this stuff um so yeah i don't think i'm gonna be playing this uh i mean the trailer was kind of neat but i don't yeah. think i'll be playing this game what are your thoughts josh uh yeah i'm more of a wait and see um the trailer does like they literally just straight up rip off the back of a Hearthstone card on the card that they're using. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so we may have to see that art change. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll be interested to see some actual gameplay. I'm sure I could go on Twitch and see, find some um, streamer streaming the game from overseas. Uh, but I'll be interested to see how it plays, if it plays more like Hearthstone, if it plays more like what ended up being that Marvel game, the new one, which had like right. the the overworld which i don't enjoy on the mobile side of things so i don't really want like a hub universe because i just don't like what phone controls end up being for games that shouldn't yeah. have touch screen controls so i guess i can always use my razor uh kishi to play it but i really don't travel with that even though that's the point of having it <laughs> uh so we'll see we'll see how it goes but um I'm interested in Harry Potter games in general, so if, if we're not going to get the Harry Potter game I want this year, uh, maybe I'll have to settle for a mobile game. I was going to ask, do you think that's coming out this year? I don't, uh, it doesn't sound like it, but I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, they keep confirmed. Well, I shouldn't say keep. They have confirmed it a couple times that it's still coming out this year, so we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to come out. I would like to play it this year, but it also depends on what else is coming out around it, you know? So Yes. All right, Josh, anything about uh, Harry Potter? Anything else about the Harry Potter mobile game? No. Cool. All right. Well, my final topic is, of course, Nintendo had a direct. And if there's ever a couple of dudes you want to hear talk about Nintendo, it's That's definitely us. us, right, Josh? We are the <laughs> Nintendo experts. Um, Offering so... a different opinion to Nintendo fans everywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me to start with, Josh. Uh, did you watch this direct? I did, yes. Overall, just general overall thoughts on the direct as a whole. It was good. It was fine. It was yeah. normal direct. I do nothing ground shaking, a- nothing too boring that I didn't enjoy watching it. I that is one thing where when you're not super invested or as invested as Nintendo <laughs> as other people yeah. like we are, I think my answer to how our directs are always they're good. It was that good. was good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just what they are. You know, there's some stuff that I'm like, that looks neat. Some stuff that I'm like, that's not really for me. But overall, I'm like, that was yeah. good. Um, and <laughs> I just think that's kind of the way they go. Uh, so, you know, I have a list here of all of the things that were 
at the direct. We're yeah. not going to go through all of them. Uh, yeah. But Josh, what was like, do you want to just pick a couple things that like stood out to you or maybe like what your favorite thing or two were from the direct things you were most excited about playing kind of what stood out to you from it? Uh, well, uh, can I do a Nintendo burn first? I mean, you are <laughs> welcome to do whatever you'd like, Josh. So I thought the fi- this Nintendo direct opened with what I thought was Nintendo trying to sell people a game for a third time. And <laughs> I didn't. Re- I was like, I thought we already got Fire Emblem Warriors, and then I realized we did. This is just uh, more characters, but for the same price of a full game. <laughs> and I'm being, I'm joking. I know it's, right. I know it's more than that, but really, that's what it felt like watching it. I was like, wait, I thought I played Fire Emblem Warriors, but because well, I have no no knowledge of Fire Emblem characters, it just right. looked like the same exact game to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fire on the Warriors remastered. Yeah, R E U give me money. Uh <laughs> uh I'm I'm curious about Advanced Wars. I never played Advanced Wars, but it's it's clearly in a category of game I enjoy. Right. Um, but I'm also not like terribly interested in jumping into another remaster, reboot, whatever it's gonna be. Like maybe I'll just wait for a new Advanced Wars. So are you not going to pick up when it comes out no. in April? No, I don't think so. Um, okay, a game that really interested me, and then I realized, even though I'm interested, I'm never going to get to play it with people, because every time I buy a Nintendo game, because people say they're going to play it, I buy it, and then no one ever plays it. I'm looking at you, Mario Tennis and Mario Golf. Continue the streak of Mario Strikers Battle League. <laughs> it, it looks... Super cool. It reminds me of the old Mario soccer games, Mario Stri- sorry, Mario Striker game uh, games, which I really enjoyed. But I think I enjoyed them mostly for local co-op. I'm not gonna rely on people anymore for a Mario game that requires online coordination, um, because I wasted 120 dollars on games that no one ever played with me. <laughs> How much did you play? Uh, even though there seemingly is always thirty people available to play. <laughs> so, did you play that? Like, did you play Mario Tennis and Mario? What are the? I wrote the other one was golf. I bought both them? Mario Tennis and Mario Golf, and no one would play with me. But did you? Did you play them yourself though? Yeah, they were terrible solo. Okay, they were so bad. Okay, Mario Golf like solo is like unplayable. What I think uh, I, one thing I've discovered <laughs> is I like the idea of Mario sports games and yeah. the idea of playing with people online and the idea of all that more than I like actually doing it. <laughs> yes. I have a lot of fond memories from Mario Strikers and, and Mario Hoops. I think it was like 3v3 Mario 3v3 Hoops or whatever um, on this. Oh, boy. Makes me, I don't want to say it makes me a bad Nintendo fan because I'm already at one of those. Uh, I think it's like Super Nintendo or I don't know if it was GameCube, maybe N64 that I, those are on. Um, those are fun. Uh, I love the front mission games, but I already loved them. I don't need to re-love them. Okay. Um, Disney Speedstorm was interesting to me. Free to play. Uh, kart racer, but you know, it's going to be on multiple platforms, so I'm definitely getting it on a PlayStation or Xbox because <laughs> it will run better. Um, 
But I do like it has split screen support, so I can play with my son, which would be nice. Yeah. Uh yeah. There are a lot of a lot of remakes. I know that's not surprising. Um I I I think I want to play the Kirby game, but I'm so non-committal at this point. I think I want to play it. So I guess when March March 25th when March rolls around. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it looks really cool. Um, I think this trailer is uh, unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby becomes a scissor lift. Come on, this is great. And a con, I mean, in traffic con, but just to clog <laughs> something. <laughs> like you could have been anything else. <laughs> um, I think it looks funny. I think the game looks fun. I think the game looks interesting. Um, but that will be a game I won't pick up until after I finish Pokemon RSAS because it's similarly open worldy. Mm-hmm. I don't need. To, I don't want to play too many of those at the time. And just to let you talk about some games, I'll mention uh, one more thing. I would talk about Xenoblade, but I haven't played Part Two. But I know people were excited for Part Three to be announced. But for me, really, the big, the big move, the big mm-hmm. news was basically: don't expect Mario Kart Nine anytime soon. No. Uh, we all, not we, I thought for sure we were getting Mario Kart 9 this year. And really, <laughs> all they did was just say, uh, it's almost like they heard me. And they're like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> not only are we not going to give you Mario Kart 9, we're just going to flat out give you 48 n- new courses for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Which Three, actually makes 20, us feel 23. like a proper deluxe game. Like this is yeah. bursting at the seams at this point now. Um, and then they, of course they announce it's going to be 25 bucks, which is totally reasonable for 48 yeah. courses. Uh, but then they also say, Hey, by the way, if you have the expansion pass, boom, we're doing what people were worried. We weren't going to do. We're actually just going to give you access to this and you can still have an- access to animal crossing. Um, so I think that's a great move for them. Yeah. Uh, in the, in that regard, but that really, uh, I think I was mad at first. I was very mad when I first saw the start of this trailer, when they said 48 new courses, I was angry. Um, but only because I was like, only Nintendo would do this, <laughs> but really Nintendo is not even on their own track record for doing something this big. Uh, this is even new for Nintendo. Uh, but of course, it's all remastered level, so it is still Nintendo. <laughs> Don't improve the game I already have. Make me buy a new game, Nintendo. I'm so angry right. you're not making right. me buy a new game. <laughs> You'd still be paying $60 for Mario Kart 8 with Mario Kart 9 next to it on the shelf. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They know they know what they're doing to a degree. Uh, not to a degree. Of course, they know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, there was even more stuff I liked in this, but I don't want to hog all this time. How about you? What were your big like... Uh, standouts or whiffs or home runs. So I'll just give some impressions, if you would. Uh, I actually had my partner. I was like, hey, you have a Switch now. We should watch this direct. No. So I I watched it like live when it happened. But then I sat down with her later and watched it. Um, and let me tell you, it was interesting watching it with someone who isn't as like in tune with the video game industry. Yeah. Because uh, when Splatoon 3 came up, she was like, what in the world is going on? What is this trailer even? And I was like, it's it's a weird one. That's not a true. great trailer for Splatoon 3. <laughs> I don't 
I, I don't totally under like. And then you have to go. It's it's salmon run, obviously. <laughs> right, I did. I, was like, well, I mean, clearly it's salmon run, but. <laughs> And I, you really have to be, and I guess probably, you know, they assume if you're watching a director in the know, right? Yes. Like this is very much who the, that audience is. They're talking directly to their consumer. But as someone who is, you know, kind of rough, vaguely knows what Splatoon is and it exists. Yeah. Seeing this trailer, she was like, why would I ever play that? Like that looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, it is ridiculous, but it's fun. Uh, so that was just interesting. I did think that was a really I appreciate the fact that they just are for those platoon trailers. They don't care how weird they are. They just go for it. And I do appreciate that Nintendo is going to Nintendo and do that. Yeah. Uh, so that is cool. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, I think Mario Strikers Battle League looks awesome. I want yeah. to play so much of that, but I have to be real with myself and realize I'm probably not going to like, I, right. I want to play it. I think it looks great. It's a game that I want. The fact that they have like join a, a league and like, or uh, you can have like a group together and you can like, be a club to like try to get better like that seems so cool i'm probably not going to do that because i only have so many hours in the day and right <laughs> i kind of already have a couple games that i do that with i don't have time for another lifestyle game you know so is that going to make sense for me uh i will say uh star wars the force unleashed that game looked like booty that looks yeah so it bad. looks terrible it looks so bad um yeah no granted i know that that is uh you know an old game, but that is clearly the Wii version of an old but game. Looks, my goodness, it looks as bad as Jedi Outcast Two looked on Switch, and that <laughs> game is ten years newer than that game. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it looked really, really rough. I was like, I don't, I don't know why I, I want to play that. Um, have you? Did you ever play Chrono Cross? I did. Yes. Are you excited for Chrono no. Cross? <laughs> no. Okay. There we go. No, I already played it. <laughs> There you go. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great as far as the remaster. And I just, uh, as much as I am like in that 8-bit funk, I'm also kind of in that remaster funk now. I was excited for a while, um, but I think I'm really just in for the remakes, not the remasters at this point. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Uh, I actually never played played chrono cross like i I dabbled in it but like yeah. for someone who loves chrono trigger as much as i do i really like chrono cross is a pretty big blind spot for me so i'm like i feel like be i good feel like i you. should play it yeah uh, but we'll see if that happens or not because that's april as well and oof, we'll see we'll see where i'm at as far as gaming goes at that point um i do think though that kirby continues to look absolutely delightful yeah it is just such a charming game to like watch the trailers for though i am very um conflicted because the little like dogs he's fighting like those things are adorable yeah, looking like corgis i like they're <laughs> so cute i'm like why are you guys fighting you should be friends um yeah and i will say that you know nintendo came out just recently and said that they believe the switch is halfway through its life cycle yeah um having just watched trailers for mlb the show on next gen systems yeah then seeing a trailer for MLB the show <laughs> on Switch. Yeah. I was like, are you sure it's halfway through its life cycle? Because that don't look anywhere near as good as, as the other ones do. And I, right. like I said, obviously, totally different system, totally different spec. Like, I get it. But, oh, man, if you're trying to have, like, games that are on both of these current systems and the old system, like this system, wow. I mean, it's oh, night and day. And I'm great. You, know you know what I wonder? It, what if what if we lived in a world where 
someone put out a retro console like now you know like sometimes limited run games will sell you like super star wars on an, on a super nes cartridge and you can get it and it's like it's and it works like do you think if like tomorrow atari was like i shouldn't use atari that's a terrible example if sega <laughs> was like hey we're releasing we're re-releasing the genesis and we have 20 publishers lined up to make genesis new genesis games mm. do you think because i because when you talked about nintendo and the way that like mlb the show clearly is not comparable to the right next gen versions i think to myself well if nintendo doesn't have to compete with them it shouldn't like they don't care as long as the game is on their console and if the nintendo fans don't care like if they are truly halfway through the life cycle of the switch can they just start putting out lower quality games and competing like are we in a world where Someone would still, because we have all these 8-bit games on next-gen consoles. They're not $60 games, right? But if you could go to buy a Genesis for $120, and then you could buy $25 Genesis games, do you think that would be like a competitive console nowadays with all this nostalgia and vintage collecting and stuff? Or do we think the whole idea do you think the whole idea would just lose its those interest in people does that make a make sense in the comparison i'm trying to like think of or am i crazy i feel like i'm crazy you know what i think of is you know i I think it's potentially doable but i wonder if the market is big enough because i think of like analog and there's like the analog NT and like there are people who like buy those consoles who love those and then also go out and buy the old cartridges to fit to work in them and yeah. all that good stuff. Like I, I think there is a market there, but kind of like we've talked about before, like you can only be you can only split your attention so many ways. Right. right. Like I don't know that there's just the bandwidth for them to do that where it's much easier to release a one off snes mini many games yeah. on it and then just be like hey here's this cool thing you can have rather than okay we are producing an additional console in addition to this we're going to make cartridges again you know like that just right yeah i do you know it is interesting every once in a while like a game will suddenly have like be like hey it's a cartridge based game for your super nintendo and every once yeah. in a while we get like those that get released um i think it'd be kind of interesting if somebody if a game company tried to start doing that yeah. They're like, we are a retro gaming company and we are going to release our games on cartridge that are going to work in your analogs or if you have an SNES, if you have a Genesis, yeah, like our carts will work. Like, I think that would be interesting and probably a more, a more viable market than probably like Nintendo doing that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I don't know. That was a weird tangent for me and I didn't mean to get off of, I think it's more, even like, does Breath of the Wild two look good on a Switch? Well, Maybe and that's just where, a better question. <laughs> but I think it can, and that's where you know MLB the Show just from the art direction isn't designed like it's designed to look good on a PS five and an Xbox Series X, and then yeah. they make the compromises they need to to make it run on the Switch. Whereas if you look at like Kirby, like that game looks beautiful. It does. It's look all great, about yeah. you know. So it's really just about 
the art that they choose to make the game with and certain games just aren't going to translate as well um you know <laughs> like star wars the force unleashed apparently right um okay josh here's here's time for you to to t- uh you know give your gamer cred uh live alive did you know what game that was before they said it <laughs> had you ever heard of this game no i had no idea what this game was but i had no idea what it was either and suddenly what? apparently everyone else knew what game this was it was like this is amazing i'm like you did not know what this game was and you know exactly why because this game trailer starts off by just plainly being like they assume you knew but i'm sure nobody knew or very (laughs) few people knew they're like the game that has never been released in the united states and i was like you know what I know people are going to go crazy for this game. <laughs> so I went and I made sure I scooped this game up. Because, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, people are going to love this game, even if it's bad. They're going to love it because it just comes with your own gamer cred. If you buy this game, it gives you extra gamer cred. Because then you get to say, hi, I get to play live, uh, live, <laughs> live, uh, live, whatever it is. Like, Live alive, right? Live alive. Yeah, like live alive. it's just yeah. like, man, what a! I, I actually think the game looks good, uh, and I like how like you take you play these all these different stories in this RPG across different time periods. Yeah. Um, like the western part really looks really cool, and it goes to the future, and we definitely haven't had an RPG here like this game as at least well no i don't even think in general um but it also carries that um i thought it was like a weird metal slug game at first (laughs) but it just has a very unique um art design it kind of reminded me of the first sakodin i don't know if you ever played that yeah on the playstation um meets like I don't even know. Weird weirdness. It just looks really fascinating, but um, uh, I, I'll be interested to try playing it because it has like so it has prehistory, so you caveman, it has the Wild West, um, it has Imperial China, it has all these different levels where like you're experiencing, like, you get to play as a ninja, like yeah. I think it just seems really cool. And I will say, I recognize it. There's probably someone who's listening to this right now who's like, no. I knew what Live Alive was before. Good for you, buddy. And that's great. (laughs) I'm saying, though, that I would venture to guess probably less than 50% of the people who are like, oh, Live Alive, I'm so excited. I always wanted to play that game. Had no idea that this game existed. That's my guess. I'm just going. I agree with you. (laughs) So, but it does kind of seem like, it does seem really cool. I like the concept of it. It kind of is like interesting because I feel like there's a lot of threads here. I know it's different, but like, seems almost like this is what inspired octopath traveler yeah and now it's kind of got like an octopath like rework in the way it looks a little bit uh so that's cool i i think it sounds interesting so i'm not knocking the game at all i'm knocking us as gamers and <laughs> yeah uh, and then of course josh nintendo switch sports <laughs> yeah my favorite part of nintendo switch sports was watching donnie on twitter <laughs> Because he couldn't even let the tra- he couldn't even let the trailer finish before he was mad. <laughs> I love his passion. I love just his to passion. find out that he didn't have to be mad. He was getting what he wanted. <laughs> but such a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, are you excited about <laughs> Nintendo Switch Sports? 
I mean, not as much as I used as I was when I was excited about Wii Sports, but I will get it um, because I really did enjoy um, a lot of those games. No boxing though. No boxing, but they they're pretty up for upfront about adding more content. So I yeah. think we all see boxing in a, an update. I just yeah, that just kind of surprised me. I figured boxing would be there. Uh, I kind of made the snarky comment of like, well. They realized the mistake they made with the Wii when they made when they gave away this game for free. So let's not right. make people pay for it. How much so, money they would have made if they just charged for that? Oh my gosh! Uh, so yeah, but I will probably be one of the suckers buying it. So that's fine. Uh, but yeah, and then you know we had some DLCs and Earthbound fans got excited because they're like, "Oh, they're setting it up. It's gonna be Mother 3. Know, and then right? it was just Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings. Um, and yeah, and then Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which. Uh, I played to a little bit and I stunk at it, so I didn't keep playing it. But I <laughs> thought the game was beautiful and I yeah. thought it seemed cool. So I'm really excited for people who are excited for this because uh, I think. And okay, I'm gonna. I'm still playing Pokemon Legends. We didn't talk about. I didn't talk about playing it at all. That's but Josh, okay. when you look at Xenoblade Chronicles, yes, and then you look at Pokemon Legends, <laughs> and then you look at Xenoblade Chronicles, and one of these is a much much bigger franchise than the other is as far as like re- annual revenue and and influence and everything yeah just saying i have to say i only played senior Braid chronicles definitive edition definitive edition so in comparing the two of those they're about the same so i am sure two and three are graphically better <laughs> well i mean you saw this trailer well i did see the trailer yes i know so, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty good direct. Like I said, not, you know, not everything I was interested in. Obviously, some things we kind of bagged on, but definitely things I'm going to be playing. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, kind of excited about the additional uh, courses for Mario Kart because he doesn't love more Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, overall, pretty solid direct. Uh, do you assume we'll get another direct this summer? Food, obviously, like, um, you know, yeah, be, pretty much isn't <laughs> happening, but do you think we'll kind of get the quote unquote, another quote unquote big direct this summer with Breath of the Wild and all that good stuff? Yeah, I think we'll probably get a direct in April, uh, which will be like this one, and then we'll get a E3 direct in June. Probably oh, you're thinking they, one in they, April too, eh? Yeah, I think so. The, you can't, these Nintendo people, like you can't hold them off with their pitchforks long enough for another direct. <laughs> you gotta like give them every couple months. Yeah, I think they'll do one before E3 because they don't want the smaller games that they like to focus on get overshadowed. Yeah. Um, even if it's like it will be forty minutes, I don't think it might be twenty minute one or thirty minute one. But um, yeah, and then they, t- I think they do their directs in June instead of July for yeah. E3. So I think we'll see the big one in June. Yeah, because you know we still have a lot of games that we we haven't heard about or still waiting for updates on. And you know, with Breath of the Wild two and Bayonetta three and uh, Metroid Prime four, and so a lot of big hitters still out there. And you know, yeah, Splatoon's that's coming out this summer. They have a September game. You know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So, you know, they got kind of beginning of the year mapped out, which they kind of said that this direct would focus mostly on the beginning of the year. Uh, But, you know, a whole lot of big hitters still that they haven't talked about that I know people are champing at the bit for. Uh, And, you know, then those people who want uh, their Hollow Knight DLC that they still haven't heard anything about. So. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our homework updates. Every two weeks, we give one another some homework. Uh, we do it. We report back on how it's gone, and you know we then assign uh, new homework. Uh, so, Josh, you were assigned to play Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel, which you talked about last week, and it sounded like overall not enjoyed. Correct? No, I did enjoy it. Um, 
But uh, I enjoyed it as much as I would enjoy any other digital card game. I don't want it to be like a slight against that game specifically. Um, <clears throat> I just, I just, uh, I'm getting old and I'm having a hard time reading small text and not. I don't have the time to waste to open up every individual card and reread its abilities. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and Josh assigned me to play something I want to. <laughs> that was the You're assignment. I, yeah. Uh, and so with that, that's actually why I ended up picking up all the Ollie world. Cause I was like, I want to play this game. Nice. Uh, so I picked it up and played it and it was great. So, you know, a plus assignment that Josh gave me, that's for sure. And, and looking at the document here, it looks like I'm getting an A plus assignment again for next. Yeah. Week. I think it'll be easy one for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh, uh, what is my homework for next week or for two weeks I from now? I want you – I mean, it's two weeks, right? So I yeah, got to give weeks. you something that's in two weeks. So I, will, I want you to make sure you play Horizon Forbidden West. Just play it. Play it to your heart's content. Just make sure you play it. And unfortunately, you have to wait for me to get my digital code, and I have to wait for Best Buy to get me my digital code. So we might not even get to play it Friday, <laughs> depending on how Best Buy is. Because don't they usually send digital codes ahead of time, like the day before? I have a physical edition coming with a digital code. Mm. Well, we'll see how patient I am, Josh. Because well, if you buy it, you just need to text me so I download it. Yeah, because I (laughs) have Friday off from work. My digital code. (laughs) Yeah, because I have Friday off from work, uh, and Monday off from work, and then next Thursday and Friday off from work. Well, hopefully. It's a, it's the, it's the big, big, the biggest collector's edition you can get because I'm a crazy human being. Um, so hopefully they are able to send that earlier. I would hope so. Than release day, so that people who did buy it, because if you come with a digital code, it's just going to let you download it early. It's not like right. you can play it early. Play it so early. Right. Hopefully I get it like Thursday. That's why I was day. like, I'm hoping they they will actually send those early since they don't have I hope the so. disc. I hope so too. So yeah, uh, but yeah, actually, Josh, your homework is the same. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually was my planned homework this week. So that works out well. So in, you know, two weeks, well, less than two weeks, uh, next episode. Well, we're, we we're going to talk about it next episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about it for sure next episode. But in two weeks, we'll be probably be talking a whole lot more about it. Uh, so our homework is for us to play Horizon Forbidden West. All right. With that, we're going to move on to r- wrapping up the episode with our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing. We are currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? I have to, I have to sub, uh, that's not the right word. I have to uh, interject. We had an email that we got to read. Oh, let's do it. Sorry. I didn't know. That's okay. My bad. That's okay. I wrote it in, but I didn't bold it. Uh, all right. So we got an email from Paul Caddycoat. He says, talking about trilogies. He says, hey guys, starting my favorite trilogy is TMNT. Of course. Uh, not counting, as he says, the Bay Shrek Turtles uh, movie. And he also tries to say that TMNT 3 is actually a side joint of 2 or 2.5. And that's not true. You have to admit that TMNT 3 is not a great movie. <laughs> you don't get to make it a 2.5. Uh, <laughs> he also says, I agree. I also agree if something you want is super expensive and you know you just can't. Because the finances, it's okay to not get it. It's not just board games for him, it's Transformers. He owns a few Transformers, but no Masterpiece figures. Uh, just too expensive for him, and he follows up with keep the great keep up the great work. And we appreciate that, Paul. We do this for you. <laughs> Truly, we do. <laughs> uh, 
So, well-rounded life. My well-rounded life actually fits right into the start of our show. It is a podcast. It is a podcast I discovered because a comedian who names, named Paul F. Tompkins was on this podcast as a guest. So it got me to listen to the episode he was on, and I kind of fell in love with this podcast. The podcast uh, is called Too Scary, Didn't Watch. And uh, the comedian that I like was on talking about uh, Jaws. And uh, he basically what they do is they, the, the three hosts of Too Scary Didn't Watch are Emily, Henley, and Sammy. Emily and Henley are too scared to watch horror movies. And Sammy isn't. And I probably screwed that up. Uh, maybe it's... Emily, who's not scared. One of the three are not scared. The other two are. And uh, what essentially each episode is, is they pick a scary movie, and one of them describes it to the other two people who have never seen it. When I think of you when I think of this, Kyle, because I know that you're not great with gore or spooks. Uh, It is done... Uh, like there, I started like very late in their podcast run and Paul F. Tompkins did Jaws and he basically recited the whole movie. It was fantastic. Sometimes they have a guest on where they go back and forth, um, to tell the other two girls about the movie. Um, I had to go all the way back to listen to them to cover Midsommar and Hereditary, um, and Host and... Uh, they have Haley Jill Osment come on to do one, and they have guests come on to talk about certain movies. Um, it's just a lot of fun listening to people who have never seen a horror movie react to just the description of a horror movie. They did Climax, and the girls, uh, uh, Emily or Sammy, whoever likes horror movies, was like, I love this movie, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> This is like one of my least favorite movies ever. But listening to her describe it actually like gave me more like made me appreciate the movie more because they also have some some background in film or television as well. So they come from that level as well. But if you're if you don't love horror movies or you love them a lot like I do, this is a great podcast to listen to to kind of, you know, hear about these horror movies and, you know, usually it's delivered in comedic fashion. Sometimes the reactions are horrific as far as, like, they can't believe something like this would be in a feature film. Uh, <laughs> but it is a very fun podcast, and, and I like it so much I joined their Patreon. So, oh, dang. Okay. Um, check them out if you have time. Too Scary Didn't Watch. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation is actually a follow-up on Josh's recommendation <laughs> because I finally had a chance to sit down and watch it, and that is Murderville on Netflix, uh, and it is delightful. It's not going to be like, you know, this award-winning, like, critically acclaimed show, <laughs> but it's just a good time, and I I don't know that I laughed, like, uh, I, I don't know that I had like these huge belly laughs, but I giggled a lot watching the show. It was just really yeah. silly. And the just seeing the people try to improvise their way through things, especially like Kumail, like I was just dying <laughs> because he's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's just like, the high school girlfriend. What was that name of your high school girlfriend? Right. I'm not no, going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's just like. 
I just thought it was so funny. Or, so, when, I, or when a background actor also tried to get him to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, yeah, also, like, you're talking about, they're like, there are people who are clearly supposed to be dead, and they're, like, trying to laughing. hold it together and be dead, but they're, like, yeah. laughing. Like, yeah. it's pretty great. So, if you're just looking for something that, yes, is a show about quote-unquote murder, and it's kind of fun to try to figure out as they're going along, like, who done it. It's actually a pretty good, like, you have to keep track of very specific things about, yes. like, this person like this and this person like this, like, and there's a lot of misdirection, a lot of things that try to lead you astray that are yeah. very obvious to like kind of do that. So uh, if you enjoy those kind of whodunits and you want to spend 30 minutes trying to kind of figure it out with a few giggles and laughs along the way. A Conan trying Murder to Bills explain is- death to an eight-year-old. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, I think Murderville is definitely worth it. And it's six episodes. So like I said, really easy to get through. Yes. So with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in a more long form, just not feeling social media, uh, please do what our good friend Paul Calico does and just shoot us an email. We will be happy to read it on the show. That's boardwithvg at gmail.com. We, ha- we tag or hashtag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg. So feel free to use the hashtag as well on all your social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, you can find me on PlayStation Network. Why so? Uh, why so serious? S i r r i u s, as well as Xbox Live and Steam and Twitch. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places: Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross. C y c o c r o s s. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.